I was just checking the calendar and the stats, and I was looking back. Uh, it was a year ago this coming Sunday, the 18th of October, that I finally decided to uh, stop making excuses and start writing a novel. I had an idea for a character and a story that had been sort of developing my head. But, you know, the thing was I couldn't I couldn't give myself permission to do it. I, I could, I had, had excuses like, ah, I'm not a novelist, you know. Uh, <laughs> but finally I said, you know what? You've run out of excuses. You've got to start writing. So I started writing October 18th last year. And uh, since then, I've written two complete novels. And I'm just about to finish a third. I write about an hour to an hour and a half every morning. Haven't missed a single morning. I think one morning I wrote 10 minutes just because I didn't have time to do anything more. I was working on a sketch or something of a scene. But nonetheless, um, I have gone back to the first story and done a complete two or three version rewrite i sent it out to about 10 readers and got uh, some great feedback back once i get to the end of the third novel which is the same character just different different stories uh same lead character i'm going to go back to the first one and make some changes maybe some major changes and then see if i can find an agent that's kind of my my deal right now so we'll see we'll see what happens hey i got more time once it's the COVID thing right uh this is tim patterson this trade show guy monday morning coffee for october 12th 2020 Thanks for joining me, and you can find us at, online at uh, tradeshowguy.net. I do this weekly podcast slash video blog. I also blog uh, at least a couple times a week at uh, tradeshowguyblog.com. And if you go to tradeshowguy.net, you'll see links to a couple of books that I've written, uh, nonfiction, uh, that have to do with the trade show world. And you can download the free chapters, or I think one of them actually right now is set up for a free digital copy if you opt into my newsletter. So anyway, that's the thing. I do the newsletter every Monday afternoon. And so, you know, here in the event trade show conference industry, uh, we're really hurting. And it's more than just trade shows and conferences. Uh, This was shared uh, over the weekend on uh, Facebook. Some interesting stats that I'd share with you. Uh, New York Metropolitan Opera has announced its closure until September of next year, another year. Musicians, choir, stage techs, and so on, along with the rest of the industry, have been without pay since April. Broadway's closed till mid-next year. Six West End venues think they can open right now. That's in New York. Cirque du Soleil went bankrupt. Over 3,500 jobs are done. Uh, Failed Entertainment, which does family tours, Disney on Ice, Monster Jam, Circus, etc., has permanently fired... I guess fired is permanent, uh, 90% of their workforce. Live Nation and other concert promoters have laid off most of their employees. Talent agencies uh, who plan and book concerts and appearances and so on have laid off over half of their employees. Uh, Cruise boat uh, artists, singers, musicians are unemployed. Amusement park productions have no idea when they'll be rehired. Uh, There are no concerts and festivals or tours scheduled till 2021. And if they don't perform next year, they're likely to go bankrupt, uh, which means they'll never happen again. No jazz festival, no Coachella, no Bonnaroo. No EDC, no Glastonbury. It's all gone. No tours, no ballot, no opera. It's predicted that 90% of independent music rooms could close if this continues. It just goes on and on. Artists, uh, artistic and musical organizations of all kinds, choirs, theaters, orchestras, dance companies, festivals, music rooms, uh, not to mention all the technical and uh, independent suppliers, are trying to find ways to continue working. It's really difficult. Over 12 million people work in entertainment production uh, that's that's not insignificant, and the industry cannot reopen until mass gatherings are allowed. This does not include the additional dismissal of techs and openers, uh, maintenance staff for bar rooms and staff, safety, and thousands of vendors. So 
it's 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 really difficult out there. And I know the trade show world is kind of a part of that. We're in the event industry, uh, and there's you know a lot of companies. Just uh, most of the companies are struggling. Uh, some have lost eighty to ninety percent of their uh, business. Others have closed. So it's tough. But you know, a lot of people are going virtual. And I, I, for this week's show, I sat down with Natasha Miller, CEO of Entire Productions of San Francisco. I saw her name mentioned uh, in an email I get from BizBash, which is a company out of New York, which mentioned a thing about how they're doing uh, virtual production. So I reached out to her and said, hey, would you be on the show? And we got a couple of exchanges, emails. She said, sure, sounds like fun. So it was fun. It was pretty cool. And uh, I think you'll like this conversation with Natasha. I want to welcome Natasha Miller, a CEO of Entire Productions down in the San Francisco area. Natasha, thanks for joining me today for Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for um, having me. So I'm curious to learn a little bit about Entire Productions. I saw you mentioned uh, in an email uh, that I get from BizBash, and it's been years, but I've talked to David, Adler, I think it's David Adler, who's the head of that or one of the main guys and a uh, great guy. And so obviously you're doing some work with them. Tell me about entire productions. Yes. So pre COVID pandemic, we were an in-person event and entertainment production company uh, based in San Francisco. Most of our clients are fortune 500 and really tech clients here in the Bay area. We work all over the world, but mostly in the West coast and in March, we did a hard left or a hard right or a hard... <laughs> Upside down. <laughs> it was hard. It was hard. We did the P word, the pivot. And we're now, we just fully immersed ourselves in the virtual world of both event production and entertainment production. And I'm loving it. I love technology. And um, although I'm very outgoing, when I'm in person uh, with other people, I'm a introvert so being <laughs> here at my home is wonderful it, it kind of sounds like my wife she gets she gets out there she's great with everybody but she's like one home says no leave me alone right <laughs> i'm good here um so uh yeah. so before that you were doing lots of live events and in-person stuff and whatever that involved yeah. entertainment as well as because uh, your website has some really interesting kind of snippets on there what you guys do uh but but you just obviously you can't do that anymore so what was the first thing you did when you said we have to do virtual and how did you make that move? Yeah, so we, um, we were kind of in the panic mode for two weeks, but then I woke up one day and I had this brilliant idea. I was so excited about it and we were first to market with it and it is what we now call the entire variety show. Um, I was seeing that Zoom calls were long. They were taking longer than needed to get the message out. People were bored to tears. And so we created a show for our clients. We did it first to show them how to do it, but short segments, very fast paced, mixing it up because we want our viewers, the guests of our clients um, to say, whoa, whoa, that was so great. Why did, why is that? Why is he done? Instead of, oh my God. That was cool for the first five minutes, but it's now eight minutes, 12 minutes, and I'm done. 
So we kicked that into high gear. We've been producing our own show every month. And then now our clients are picking up on this and having us produce this for them. So it's 10 to 15 minute segments of various things. You can get your messaging in. You can get an interview with a thought leader, a tastemaker, a performance by an aerialist from their home studio to a singer songwriter to a whole band in a studio with lights and cameras and moving head cameras. We can do sketch artists. We can do um, photo booths. It's amazing what's happening right now with the virtual world. It's, it, it sounds to me like, I mean, you, the, the challenge really is to keep people's attention uh, with all sorts of, however you want to describe it, eye candy in a sense, and, and audio and visual stuff that just makes them go, ooh, I, I, I can't walk away and go get coffee because I might miss something. Yeah, I mean, my... My goal with all of our clients is that, you know, they're scared and they're timid to put on a virtual event, especially when, you know, they may have spent 300000 to a million dollars last year on an in-person event. Now they're going to try to bring that kind of production into a virtual event, which they think is impossible. And we, you know, we want them and their guests to come out of the event going, wow, why do we ever get together at all? I mean, I know people will get together, so there's no, you know, problem with that. But if it's, you know, travel, um, a lot of traffic, you know, it's time to get to somewhere in in a physical place. So um, that's one of my biggest things is I want people to go, wow, I did not know that that was possible. So when you, when you talk to these clients who have been spending a lot of money going to either set up a booth or do corporate events, however those are at a, at a trade show or just as, uh, you know, they're in there at their own location. How do they make that calculation and how do you talk to them about, well, here's what we can do and here's some of the costs you're looking at. What kind of questions come up and what kind of things do you guys have to yeah. talk about to, to make that work for them? I would estimate, I would estimate that an, a virtual event would start at about a quarter of what they were paying for mm, in person. And it very much varies on, you know, the, the room that they had, you know, the ballroom or the convention center, or the venue that they have, that's a big chunk of money. And then of course the catering is a huge chunk of money, <laughs> AV. So that all gets translated back into how much does it cost for our services to produce? How much does it um, cost for our technical partners to do the broadcast um, media version of putting on the show. So that's where we start. We also ask immediately what their budget is. Most of the time they don't know. They just know what they paid last year right. and that they know they should probably be paying less. And so if you can show them here, we can do all of this, and especially when you start to build kind of a, a book of what you've, you've done recently and show them this is what we did and this is what it'll cost you their eyes probably open and, and, and I'm guessing that, you know, maybe their wallets would too. At some point they're going to say, Oh, actually, actually that makes a lot of sense. Yes. I mean, I think it would take a client to go through the holding their virtual event and seeing how successful it is before they jump on the bandwagon of, yeah, let's do this. Like for the rest of, you know, into fourth quarter of next year, which we're anticipating in the Bay Area since most of our tech companies are work from home until August of next year, at least, which means they're not going to be putting on in-person events and they're not going to be allowing their um, or suggesting their employees to go to an in-person event as well. 
So let me ask you about uh, when they do these uh, corporate events or, or trade show events, are they going to trade shows and, and being a virtual presence there? Or is this more uh, corporate or company focused for their employees, for their clients? I'm curious where that falls for the most part. For us, we're doing so many different things. We haven't actually, let me just double check my memory. Marie. We haven't done a trade show, but there is something coming up on the market that I'm so excited about. I'm a partner with them. You may not have heard about it yet, but you should because you're in the trade show industry. It's Expo, E-X-V-O by All Seated. It is blowing my mind. Hmm. So um, we're going to be the planning partner for people that want to do trade shows uh, virtually. Anyway, we're doing galas, fundraisers, um, President's Club Awards, team bonding, team building, um, CEO, things that were going to be a summit or things where people were going to go fly to Australia. We now have to funnel that into a virtual event experience. So when you look at this and you say, okay, we, we're going to do this event, what kind of time length to plan and, and get all the ducks lined up so you can execute this properly? Uh, there's got to be some time and, and conversation involved and, and all yeah, of your partners. We would still love, especially for a, a complicated event with broadcast media um, and not just a simple Zoom event, which, by the way, can still be very effective and very fun. Um, you don't need all the bells and whistles of broadcast um, technical systems, but it does make it look much more slick. Um, I would love three months, but I can also turn around a variety show with three or four main segments in less than a week. So, you know, it just depends on the program and the content uh, of the client's wishes. It's usually them getting them their content and their speakers and their run of show, the timeline together. And um, especially if you're working by committee, then that takes even longer. So, Right. Uh, Exactly. That's been my experience too, no matter what you're doing, you can usually do what you do in in the time that you know it'll take. And then they've got to sign off on it and have all their various, uh, you know, uh, stakeholders take a look at it and go, well, we should do this. And then they have that discussion and I know how that goes. (laughs) So when you do an event, uh, once you execute it, is it a one day only thing? Is it a couple of hours? Uh, Does it just vary widely? It varies widely. So uh, we have clients that think they want to do a five-minute or an hour event. And typically, I understand where they're coming from because nobody has Zoom for that long or their computer. But we usually end up doing a minimum for our clients, uh, an hour and a half event that they might have thought would take less time. Um, And I'll tell you why in the tips and tricks question later. Okay. <laughs> but um, anywhere from a couple of hours to full day of um, content, um, there have been a few clients that have done multi-day events. We have a client that we're only bidding on right now that has 22 consecutive seminars uh, wow. for people all over the world. So that'll be an interesting challenge. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you made me think uh, I've gotten a lot of uh, invites and I've signed up for a few for like two and three day event sales, you know, uh, summits or whatever you want to call them. And it turns out my schedule really doesn't allow me to to be there live for a, more than an hour, if that. And then when they archive everything, it's like, okay, now I got to go back and make time to do all that. Difficult, uh, not impossible, but 
you know, you got to juggle schedules. And so I think there's a challenge, especially with all the other stuff that are vying for people's attention to make sure you have really good content, give them a reason to be there. Uh, and as, if you've got all the content that uh, our people are asking for and it's unique to them, that's, that's probably one of the keys I would guess. I think so too. And, and that just spurred my thoughts of I'm personally doing a, um, a program and there's going to be a two day, like all day summit. And I'm thinking about going to a hotel in the Bay area or somewhere where I just am carving out my time to be on that virtual summit for the two days, because I really want that content and I want that experience. I don't have to leave my house, but it is a mental mind shift to, right. to be in a different space. And it's a physical shift as well, because then you, you have much fewer distractions and you've made a, a mental shift to focus really on it. So yeah, let's move to some, some tips and tricks. And so what are some of the tips you would share with people that are either looking to hire someone like you or just, you know, well, let's do something internal. What kind of things are important that they should review uh, before they get involved? Yeah, in so like one of the tips that I have, and which is why we elongate what people's anticipated um, show run is, is that if you have an event from six to seven, you don't want people just logging in at six. So we always suggest a 10 to 30 minute cocktail hour or, you know, sort of pre-event so that people can log in, troubleshoot, make sure their camera is good, know how to use the platform that they're, whatever they're using, have somebody on to support them in the chat or, or verbally, and maybe have some background music, maybe have some visuals. It's a really good way to lead into the program. And then everyone's there, sat down and ready for the program to begin so they don't miss out on any of the con on any of the really juicy content and you're always going to have people that are going to be there early and then there's going to be the stragglers who come in like a minute after it starts and that that actually is a kind of neat way to, to help accommodate almost all of those people because uh the stragglers are going to sh show up and get what they need uh and the people that show up early are going to be prepped for it so so what else i'm just curious uh, what comes to mind as a tip yeah so for anybody speaking or performing it is crucial that you do at least one tech rehearsal run through, if not two. And I'll give you an example. So some of the people that have performed on our show are top of their game. They're Grammy, nom uh, Grammy award winning musicians touring with, you know, another person was touring with Beyonce. You would assume that because they're at such a high level that their Zoom game or their virtual game is completely on. And what we're finding is in these dress rehearsals, um, we have to adjust lighting. We have to tell them where to put light in front of them. Don't, you know, we have to explain to them that, you know, clean up your background. We can't hear you. Or um, with the instance of one time a DJ was spinning, but also playing a sax and then also had a singer. And what they didn't remember to do or didn't know to do at the time was to uh, enable background noise in the Zoom settings. If you don't do that and you've got competing sounds like DJ, saxophone, voice, Zoom is going to be cutting out as much as they can to try to cut out the background noise, which cuts out the music. So it's mm -hmm. very painful. So <laughs> the tip is know these things and be able to um, coach your speakers and your talent 
to those things. Yeah, the virtual world, even though we've all been in it kind of one way or another in the last six months and, and, and prior to that, maybe not quite as, as heavily, is different than live and in person. And, and we call, all kind of have to adjust and learn. And some of us are, are faster and some of us are slower than others. So uh, those are all good tips. Uh, speaking with Natasha Miller, CEO of Entire Productions in San Francisco, uh, any last words? Uh, this has been fun to, to learn about what you guys do. Yeah, thank you so much. Last words are, you know, we're coming up on fourth quarter and people are all of a sudden going, oh my God, we have to, you know, get these uh, uh, events through or our budget is going to run out. If we don't use this money here, we'll lose it. Just make the call, get on board right now. It's not too late, but it's starting to get too late. So just just cut the cord and call someone like us. You can really figure out who's great at doing virtual events really by what they've shown online. It can be recorded easily. Some of them we because they're private, um, but you can get a good idea for people's abilities. And I think the last comment I would make is something you alluded to earlier, and I've heard this just a couple times in the past week is that, you know, trade shows really aren't coming back until maybe mid next year. And as you mentioned, a lot of people won't be in the, even in the office until August or September third or fourth quarter next year. And so it's a prime opportunity to do more virtual stuff and to, you know, I guess it's, it's kind of a cliche, but step up your, your game. So uh, yeah. thanks again, Natasha. I really yeah. appreciate your time. There's no and, getting uh, around it. I know there's not yeah. time will go by. So you gotta be doing something right. Uh, or you're sitting on your thumb. So thanks again. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Tim. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And thanks again to Natasha Miller of Entire Productions for spending time in this week's uh, Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Check the show notes to get in touch with her if you'd like to find out more about what they do. Links to the website. Uh, to close out this week's show, this week's one good thing is uh, season six of Shit's Creek has finally hit Netflix. Uh, I really, really enjoyed the first five seasons. It, it frankly it took me a while and I will see... I have friends that have said, you know, I'm not really into the show. I can't dig it. Just can't like their you know, kind of humor. And other people I've seen online says, what is it? I'm like three se- three, uh, three episodes into this. And I'm just not grooving on it. And that, I was the same way. It took a while. It, it's, it grew on me. It's really funny. It's very sweet. And so, yeah, the sixth season, the last season, season five, I think won like nine Emmys. It won a bunch. I don't know exactly how many, but uh, yeah, it's a good show. It's a good show. Thanks for tuning in. Please leave us a quick review or a thumbs up, and we'll see you next week. By the way, uh, I did mention that it was the Shit's Creek hit Netflix, right? Yeah, that's that's the deal. It hit Netflix, which is why I mentioned it. It's this week's one good thing. Have yourself a great one, and we'll do it again next time.